Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvik. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvik, and welcome to another edition of Paranormal Almanac. On this edition, let's talk about men. Dear men, to be exact. But first, as always, we got shout-outs. That's right, we have shout-outs going out to Chris, Jen, Damien and Daniel, Dusty, Eric, Joe, Maricel, Tanya, Aaron, Alexandra, Amy, April, Ashley, Becca, Brandon, Chuck, Cole, Dan, Darth, Pikachu, Donald, Dorian, Isabel, Jason, Joshua, Josh, Kira, Lauren and Phil Mangano, Lauren McCune, hey howdy hi, Lindsay Hahn, Manning, Martin, Michael, Phil Dog, Robin, Sean Bishop, Sherry, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Trudy, Vanessa, Veronica, Vicky, Art Muffin, Autumn, Carolyn, Cindy, Derek Dill, Ezram, George, Harley, Heidi, Roger, Ian, Izzard Breath, Jeff T, Juliana, Kelly, Kira, Carrie, Connie, Christopher, Lawrence, Leo, Liam, Loki, Ayan, Anashi, Paul, Ricardo, Russell, Seth, Scustin, Spencer, Suzanne, Tim, Tim, Void Tech, Audra, Bob, Cindy, Elizabeth, Gamerfan, J Mark, J, Jerry, Kenneth, Kim, Laura, Paula, Ricardo, Simon, Terminal, Animal, what's that? Will, Alicia, and Jen. With special shout outs, as always, to Joe Teague and Stitch. And once again, this episode is brought to you, not brought to you, I'm sorry, produced by Chris Jones and Jen Richter. You can learn more about that and everything else on patreon.com slash paranormal almanac. Alrighty, let's get right on in to paranormal news. The first story in paranormal news, it's the one you guys love a lot. I was almost going to save this till October, but I don't think this house is going to last till October. So I want to get it out to you now. You guys love haunted houses that are for sale. So here's another one and a big one at that. For sale, The Conjuring House. That's right. The house that inspired the movie The Conjuring, the story The Conjuring, is on the market for $1.2 million. They say possible paranormal activity is included. For sale, one of the most haunted houses in the country, already inhabited by things that go bump in the night. The historic farmhouse that inspired the blockbuster movie The Conjuring was listed for sale Thursday for $1.2 million by Mott and Chasey Sotheby's International Realty. The old farmhouse and barn at 1677 Round Top Road comes with more than eight acres and a burgeoning ghost hunting business. It was made famous by the 2013 film The Conjuring, which is based on the hauntings of the Perrin family, which I've done episodes about, who lived in the home nearly 50 years ago. 
Suddenly, the quiet old place in the corner of Harrisville was drawing hordes of horror film busts and buffs and ghost hunters who wanted to see the property for themselves. The unwanted public attention from the movie drove the previous longtime owners to file a lawsuit against Warner Brothers in 2015 and then sell the property in 2019. Corey and Jennifer Heisen, Heinzen, whatever, paranormal investigators from Maine, bought the house for $439,000 with the intention of opening it up for visits by paranormal researchers. Early last year, they began offering overnight stays at $125 a person. I talked about that before. But now it's up for sale. They're flipping it from $439,000 to $1.2 million. They say they love the house, but it's time for them to let it go. The uh, they're, they're hands-on with the business. They still travel back and forth to their other home in Maine. They built something special there as a business, and they're at the point where they can pivot or they would have to hire a full-time staff to continue the way it is. In a Facebook Live post Thursday afternoon, the, cus the couple explained that they didn't anticipate how overwhelming it would be to own a famous haunted house. They said, we're paranormal investigators, not business people. They have uh, visitors at night, every night, tours in the daytime, and in the wee hours, some people still try to trespass on the property. They say the house became more work than they anticipated, and there's no stopping the flood of interest. I know we feel like we're the perfect buyers for it, but I don't know if we're a perfect for a business like this. It's too big for us. The bookings through 2022 will be honored, and the family hopes the new owners will allow will follow in their footsteps. We just want to we just want you guys to know it wasn't an easy decision for us. And it wasn't made without putting a lot of thought into it. We'll be very picky about who comes into this house. If we can't find the right buyer, we won't sell. So, you guys want to buy a supposedly very famous haunted house that has a ton of people that want to stay there and, you know, investigate there. I'd like to go there and investigate. I really would. I don't have $1.2 million to buy the house. I don't have, um, let's see, if I only need... 1.19999 whatever million dollars more than what I currently have. So if you guys want to like chip in, I'll chip in like 500 bucks and then you chip in the rest of the 1.2 million. We can go have these. All righty, up next in paranormal news. U.S. Congress ponders setting up permanent UFO investigation office. This one is really interesting. It just came out. Two intelligence funding appropriation bills currently awaiting approval from the U.S. Congress contains with them sections for the creation of a new office to investigate UFO sightings. That's right. The X-Files. The article doesn't say that. Kurt's saying the X-Files because, frankly, you know, that's what they're doing. They say interest in UFOs, known as UAPs or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, has increased over recent months following the preliminary release of an official U.S. government report if you hadn't listened to that episode, it's out there. Feel free to listen to it. The report was compiled by a Pentagon-mandated body known as the UAP Task Force after a number of videos featuring U.S. Navy pilots intercepting unidentified objects released. Leaked. You guys know all of this. Why am I reading all this part? Uh, let's go, blah, 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 143 incidents. Yep, yep, yep. The appropriations appear to be dedicated mostly to the intelligence matters, meaning that a full congressional investigation into the possibility of extraterrestrial Visitors is unlikely, but Section 1652 of House Bill H.R.4350 is dedicated to the establishment of an office to, un to address unidentified aerial phenomena. It lays out its duties like this. Um, it doesn't really say anything after it lays out its duties like this. Uh, nothing. It proposes to do this. What's this? By standardizing the reporting. Oh, it's just talking about the actual report. Okay. 
They says that it does manage to go a tiny bit X-Files at the end by explaining what should be in those reports when it asks for an update on any efforts underway on the ability to capture or exploit discovered unidentified aerial phenomena, including, not, not limited to, Area 51. The other one, Section 345 of Senate's S.2610 bill, lays out the basis for per permanent establishment of the UAP task force, which I think is fantastic. Make that permanent. Let's get the information out. Let's, I mean, it's, they have more than what we've already been told about. Let's start making it public like everybody promised they were doing. So I think that's very cool. They have two things in motion. Hopefully one or both of them pass. We're going to get X-Files, baby. All righty, up to next in paranormal news, Canada's point man for military UFO reports is this civilian living in Winnipeg. According to UFO procedures obtained by this company, Military for uh, but, uh, but, uh, Canada's military refers reports of UFO sightings to a private company and a civilian UFO researcher in Manitoba. That's kind of cool that there's one guy who's just not part of the government that's like, yeah, send me all the reports, I'll look at them. They said that Canada's government and military have forwarded UFO reports to a civilian researcher for over two decades. His name, Chris Rutkowski, one of the country's most prominent UFOlogists. He's been covered, he has been covering Canadian cases for more than 30 years, but has never fully disclosed these ties. This is also the first time that the current UFO procedures have been released from the Canadian Air Force and NORAD, which is the joint Canada-U.S. defense group. They show an apparent lack of official Canadian curiosity or concern with UFOs. They say their official stance is that they're not doing anything about UFOs and that I am the point man in Canada. I'm going to try and talk to this guy. I think it'd be kind of cool to... to ask him about all of the cases that he's seen in 20 years. He's got to have seen some crazy crap. If he can talk about it, maybe he can't. I don't know, but we'll find out. All righty, up next in paranormal news, Loch Ness Monster, not a monster, was caught on drone footage by Wild Camper. I don't know what they mean by Wild Camper. They say the 54-year-old uh, accidentally caught the figure swimming on the banks of the loch. All right, as always, there's a video, and if there's a video, wait until the plays to wait till the episode to play it. Oh, all right. Wait a second. No way. This is legit. Hold on. I want to watch this again. It really looks like a freaking plesiosaur is right by the, no way this is real. Is this real? It looks like a freaking plesiosaur just under the water. You can see its fins. You can see a long neck. You can see a tail. I'm calling bullshit on this one. I'm calling bullshit. I'm going to keep reading and find out. But for right now, I'm calling bullshit, and I'll post the video as well. A wild camper was shocked to capture the Nessie on his 4K drone footage. Richard Maver couldn't believe the video had taken after eagle-eyed viewers spotted a mysterious creature in the water. The 54-year-old embassy pilot was filming footage for his YouTube channel, Richard Outdoors, when he accidentally caught the figure swimming on the banks of the loch in August. He had been taking part... He has been... He had been taking part in the Great Glen Canoe Challenge for Alzheimer's Society with friends during the filming. He said he didn't even notice the unusual shape appearing in the water until viewers started to comment on the video. How? That's impossible. No. I, I, all right. He said, I couldn't believe it. I had to rewind the footage several times, watched it several times since. I don't know what it is, but it certainly has the same shape as previous sightings of Ness. Yeah, it does, man. It's a freaking dinosaur you caught on film. The more I watch it, the more I think, crikey. There wasn't really anything in that area that could be. There was no driftwood or anything like that, so who knows? We had just parked up 
and I thought I could get some nice shots on the beach for my YouTube. I didn't even notice what I'd picked up until others told me to watch out for it. It could be a trick of light, but we can't be sure. Oh, well, this guy's cool. He raised, he raised 15,000 pounds with his group for the Alzheimer's Society as part of the adventure, so good on that part of it. They completed the Great Glen Canoe Challenge in four days, covering 62 miles. All right, this guy's awesome. All right, you're cool. But they're, I mean, this can't, I got to watch it one more time. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm watching it one more time. What is this? This isn't my video. No, come on. I guess I have to refresh the page, go back to the video. All righty. Last time, I'm going to put it, I'm definitely putting this one on the Facebook page. Um Really? Yeah, it looks like a plesiosaur, but I mean, if the, I mean, I don't know how deep it gets right off the shore because it's right by the shore. There's a couple of canoes on the shore, and sure as shit, looks like a giant plesiosaur, like bobbing its head towards the shore. Nah, I still call bull. I want to call bullshit on this, but I don't know. Is this guy? If this guy's legit, then. That's cool. I mean, I guess I don't know what to. Th I don't know what to think about that one. I'll put it up on the Facebook page. That's crazy as cool. And next, uh, very similar news in paranormal news. Um, new Loch Ness monster, not a monster sightings, make official count larger than last year. That's right. There's still over three months left in 2021 when it comes to the official sightings of Nessie. We've already broken last year's number because as of September 6th. There have been 14 official sightings of Nessie, while 2020 had just 13 for the entire year. They said that the number of sightings is tracked by the official Loch Ness Monster sighting register and account for both in-person and sightings caught on the webcam. As you guys know, it's been a lot of them caught on the webcam. The uh, it talks about one sighting by a guy in China who spotted... Oh, I already talked about that one last uh, Paranormal News Hoping they talk about, nope, they don't talk about this one. The fact that they don't mention this one, I mean, it could have happened after this article came out. Did it? Let's see. Oh, it did. All right. That's why they're not talking about this crazy cool one. Well, I'm very eager to follow up on if that sighting is real. But let's continue on. I think we have one left. Yeah. Last in paranormal news. Conference to celebrate Elkhorn's most popular cryptid. That's right. Donna Wells Finks sees Southern Wisconsin as a hotbed of paranormal activity. For nearly 30 years, she's poured over legend and lore, chasing down leads on creatures made famous or infamous by the skepticism that surrounds their very existence. She said that, um, I'm making that, but uh, let's go on to this. Where is it? Here we go. She is targeting with her inaugural Beast of Bray Road Conference on Saturday, October 2nd at the Lutherdale Camp Chapel on Green Lake. So if you're in southern Wisconsin on October 2nd and you want to go to a conference about the Beast of Bray Road, which I've talked about on previous episodes, here is your chance. She says, in addition to lunch, vendors and an optional visit to a hayfield, in addition to lunch, vendors and an optional visit to a hayfield where the beast has been frequently spotted, the program will feature a series of presentations by authors, researchers, and investigators specializing in all things odd and undefinable. So, yeah, if you guys like the Beast of Bray Road, well, now's your chance to go to a conference all about it. And let me know how it is, because I'm not flying out there for that. Alrighty, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac. We are back. 
All right, before we get really into this episode about deer men, in case you've already forgotten, I'm going to tell you this one's going to be a bit different because I'm going to leave it up to you on whether you think that this is a different cryptid, a new cryptid, a misidentified cryptid, or just what the hell deer man actually is. That's right, I'm talking about deer man, which is a cryptid, also known as Stagman, Eyerach, Eyerat, Dior, and not deer. That's right, what I'm going to be talking about tonight might be called not deer. There is a huge portion of America that calls this creature not deer, which is pretty dumb name because technically I'm not deer. You're not deer. You just can't call something not something else. Hey, what is that over there? Oh, it's not deer. Okay, then then what is it then? Not deer. Yeah, okay, look, I know what it's not. I'm asking what it is. Not deer. Look, it's a dumb Abbott and Costello cryptid bit. But, like I said, there is a huge swath of the country that just calls this thing not deer. So we know what it's not. But I'm wondering what it could be. Because after you hear all of this, you might be thinking the same things that I thought of when I started to investigate Deer Man. I'm not calling him not deer. Deer Man. I started to wonder, is this thing a Wendigo? Is it a skinwalker? Is it a chimera? Look, there's just so many similarities to sightings of the Deer Man to these other cryptids, which makes me think it might be just like another cryptid. But, I mean, it happens with almost every cryptid. We got skunk apes and Bigfoot and Yeti and stuff like that. I, I just think it might be this region's version of a skinwalker or Wendigo, but... Like I said, that's for you to decide by the end of this episode. Look, don't even get me started on Dear Woman, which I thought was going to be, you know, the female version of a Dear Man. And then I found out it is a completely different thing, you know, besides, you know, being a woman versus a man. Dear Woman, not even, not the female version of Dear Man. Like I said, don't, I'm not, I'm going to go, I'm going to get right into deer, man. I'm skipping over that. All right, let's get to what it looks like first. Generally speaking, from what I can find online, most sightings of deer, man, say that it has antlers. They say it has a human torso, stands on two legs like a human. That's across the board. The head is more like a buffalo or elk-like sometimes. And the legs described as similar to those of either a man or a deer, but that it is always described as very muscular, very fast, tall, some even say up to 10 feet tall, and this is the most important across-the-board one, besides the antlers, and it's a fact, you know, it's a deer man, but uh, the eyes. The eyes are usually glowing red. Now, many people encounter it, say it doesn't make any noise. Other people encounter it, says it has a scream or a screech that is unlike any known creature. It's unlike an owl, it's unlike a coyote, a wolf, none of those. But generally speaking, you got to have antlers. It's got to be walking on two legs. It's got to have some form of a man build to it. Very muscular, very fast, and glowing red eyes. All right, so that's what the deer man looks like. 
So where has it been spotted? Well, it's actually been spotted all over North America, but most sightings occur between the American Southeast up through Canada. Like the Appalachians, yep, all through there. The South, whole South, anything you think of in the Southeast, you think of like, you know, the deep South of America, they got Deer Man. Now, before I get into the sightings though, I want to talk about the Native American or Indigenous people connection and possible identification of this because it looks like this thing has been around forever. It's just not a popular cryptid yet. Sure, you know, like there's a lot of things that take the the Deer Man aesthetic. Like if you ever watched uh, Hannibal, Brian Fuller's Hannibal, Hannibal looks like a Deer Man in a lot of the, you know, like whenever he's kind of like mutated or whatever and the guy's like looking at him and kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, not hypnotized, but kind of hallucinating, I guess the best way. He looks like a deer man. That's what deer man looks like in a lot of these, except with more of a deer face. So deer man may not be quite as popular as Bigfoot, but I got to tell you, there's a lot of sightings and a lot of lore that goes along with it that connects him to the indigenous people, just like with a skinwalker, a Wendigo, Sasquatch. So the uh, American Native American uh, indigenous person connection goes by two names. It goes by E-Yi Rock and E-Yi Rot. But I think the, the T, the one that ends in T, is the plural of E-Yi Rock. It's kind of hard to tell. Depending on what site you go to, some sites say, no, it has to end in I-J, it's spelled, I should say, I-J-I-R-A-I-T or I-J-I-R-A-Q. But it, it seems to be the same thing anyway. So I'm just going to go with E-Y-Rock because that seems to be the most prominent one. Um, it's from the North Baffin dialect. E-Y-Rock means shapeshifter. And I'm sure I just butchered that. And I apologize to anybody that can actually speak this language and I'm, I know I butchered it. I apologize. But anyhow, there are mysterious, shape-shifting caribou people of the Inuit oral tradition. So we're going up towards the Canadian native uh, peoples. Now, they're said to live in the mountains and the caves, but also on islands. They can assume the form of any animal, but most often choose to transform themselves into caribou or people with the heads of caribou. Now, no matter which form they assume, their eyes always glow red. Again, it's a very big thing. You got the antlers, you got the red eyes, you got yourself a deer man. All right, when you're hunting some, somewhere that the, um, that the deer man live, you'll see them in the corner of your eye for just a second. But if you try to look directly at them, either you won't be able to or you won't see them. Like you'll be just like, oh shit, I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye. But when you went to look for it, it's not there. Kind of like shadow people, if you will. Now, according to the native people, one of the most noted places in the Arctic for seeing deer men is um, the Freeman's Cove area. Oh, God, I, I looked up how to say this place before this episode, and I completely blanked, so I'm going to screw it up. The Freeman's Cove area of Tuktusurvik. Tuktusurvik. Yeah, that's it. Tuktusurvik. Doesn't matter. It's a place up at uh, Bathurst Island you know it, you know it. If you don't, look it up on a map. All right, so the home of the deer man is said to be cursed as well, and one will lose their way no matter how skilled they are as a hunter or how familiar they are with the land. 
something about the homeland of the deer man uh, makes people either get lost or you can't find them. It's just, it's a very weird, uh, again, there's a lot of Native American and Inuit stories about how to track them and you can't track them and the deer man can keep like almost like hypnotize you and make you forget why you're there, that whole kind of stuff. So like I said, it's actually been written about quite a bit and uh, goes back to at least at least 1875. That's one of the earliest books that I can find. It's called Tales and Traditions of the Eskimo by Danish geology, Dr. Henrik Rink. And he talked about a bunch of Greenlandic deer men sightings or tales about this. I mean, I guess it's just legends about deer man. In one of the stories, a man transforms his enemies into a caribou or a man with the head of a caribou by feeding them a potion with hairs from the exhumed body of one of his relatives that were a deer man. In another story, a dwarf or Arctic dwarf is talking to his fellow countrymen during a feast and temporarily turned himself into a deer man directly in front of them and then back to his human form. Now there's a third story that tells of an Inuit shaman who again transforms himself into a deer man out of shame after failing to outperform a rival shaman from another tribe. Uh, another book from 1892 called The Account of the Samilkameen Indians of British Columbia. I know I butchered that. I'm sorry. It was um, first published in an issue of the Journal of the Anthropological Institute of Great Britain and Ireland. It was written by Susan Allison, who is an Okanagan pioneer who spent time among the Okanagan Indians in the late 1800s during which she learned many of their traditional stories, including the deer man. She also talked about the legend of the Sunny Apu, literally the devil, which is a hairy supernatural giant, kind of like a Sasquatch, but with large deer horns, having the body of a man, the head of a deer, with a human face covered with deer hair. The limbs were also those of a deer. From the shoulder sprung the wings of a bat, which... I don't know of any other sightings of a deer man with the wings of a bat, uh, which seems to vibrate in the air perpetually. But again, these are legends passed down and down and down and down and then written by Susan Allison in 1892. From there, deer man kind of like took the backseat to Bigfoot. Everybody was talking about Bigfoot, especially up in that Canada area. I read um, newspaper articles from way back then on a previous episode but then in about the 1950s, late 1950s, early 1960s, a columnist named Jerry Moriarty, this is a big grain of salt one because I cannot find it, but supposedly in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s, a columnist named Jerry Moriarty is the guy that kind of like reignited the legend of Deer Man in a column from his um, article, whatever, in his thing called Mostly Malarkey which in case you don't know, malarkey means, you know, bullshit. Now, like I said, I wasn't able to find the article though or any articles by Jerry Moriarty. So I don't know, I, I have a huge grain of salt. I don't know if I'd buy that one just because his last name's Moriarty. It seems too, too well done for a legend. But then a series of articles by Dave Clark of the Star Courier again revived the legend of the deer man with his own added twist to the legend. That's right, Dave Clark just wasn't, you know, satisfied with a guy with the head of a deer glowing red eyes. Nope, he said that if you see Deer Man three times, you die. 
So, yeah. Dear Man, like I said, it's not the most popular one, but when people write about it, they tend to make a little bit up. I'll, I'll just put it that way. All right, so we know what they look like. That one we definitely do. We know a bit about the history or the origins of them, especially the native people's origins of them. So we know the story goes back. It's not like Slender Man where we can kind of figure out that it came out during the internet. It's, you know, a fake cryptid. This one seems to go back at least a few hundred years. So let's get in some sightings. And I got to say, again, I think I said it a minute ago, there are a shocking amount of sightings online, like Bigfoot sighting amount of sightings. There are tons of them. Anytime I could find something about the deer man, there was usually someone who left a comment going, I'm looking everywhere trying to figure out what it is I saw, and then they tell their tale, and you'll hear them in a little bit, about their sightings with the deer man. It's crazy. There's a lot of them. Now, um, like I said, for sightings, let's... Um, Let's stick with up north in Canada for just a little bit and talk about some sightings on a webpage devoted to tracking the deer man. That's right. There's a whole website devoted to tracking the deer man, and it's called albertadeerman.home.blog. I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit because I do want to, uh, there's a lot in here. And again, it's great. There's, that's fantastic that some guy has devoted, uh, you know, his life to, there's a blog, a Twitter account, a YouTube channel spreading the awareness of Deer Man in central Alberta because he says there's a lot of sightings up there. He said, I've already planning an extensive trip to the villages and hamlets that have experienced an increase in Deer Man sightings recently. Um, the Consort Connection, he talks about the grain mills of Consort. It's in central Alberta. Let me get to the actual sighting there. This account took place last summer and in the village of Consort near the grain elevator, a sighting that would leave one woman completely confused and not knowing what lurks in the, dark, in the darkness. As she was walking her dog like she always had done before, she decided that to walk past the grain elevator, it would be a nice change of pace. Uh, unfortunately, she was wrong. She was speaking about how her dog started to act up and yank itself free and run into the darkness. And she didn't know what it was running after. Um, this guy says, I know what it was running after. It was Deer Man. Why? Because it was reported that Deer Man craves the flesh of small animals. <clears throat> it was reported that Deer Man craves the flesh of small animals. Um, it was also reported that the sound of a deer had been heard, including the odd sounds of a deep-voiced creature attempting to communicate with her. You're going to find that in a lot of Deer Man stories that it can kind of mimic human voice or, or mutated human voice and communicate with people or try to communicate people. Uh, before anything could happen, she scooped up her dog, ran through the night until she reached the porch of a neighbor's house, banging on the door in panic. She was greeted by a half-asleep neighbor who reported that she was on the verge of a full-blown panic attack. Um, she woke on the couch, couldn't believe what had happened. Not much really happened. She didn't see Deer Man. It's not like Deer Man talked. She heard something talking to her, but she never saw it. So then from there, we go to Meeting Creek, which is a small hamlet with a population of only 21. This small, sleepy corner in central Alberta has been the home of a sighting and its residents wish it was never part of. It's located just off of Highway 56. It's a blah, blah, blah. Get to the sighting. It was early in the morning. She awoke to her routine of making herself a pot of coffee and making herself breakfast. She lived alone. She was never scared. Um, only but a double pane glass 
window separating her from what can be described of a creature not of this world. When she looked out her window as the coffee was brewing, there was Deer Man. She recalled that it stood perfectly like a statue. Their eyes were locked, and neither one of them blinked, and before she knew it, the creature slowly made its way to the window, walking on two legs. Its non-blinking eyes were almost hypnotic, she described, but as this bond was made, it was quickly cut off as it turned around and began to make its way back to where it came, not before taking a few of the crab apples from her tree. Uh, she said this, she's seen everything out there. She knows the deer well. She knows the area, all the animals well. This thing was walking on two legs, and she didn't know what it was. Then there's a uh, place west of Donalda, and it's got a it's about a farmer and his livestock. He was the farmer was woken one night to the sound of his pigs scream in fear. So he woke up, ran out in his underwear, brandishing a rifle. He scanned the area, found out all his pigs were accounted for, but he couldn't figure out what scared the pigs. He fired two rounds into the air. He assumed it was probably a coyote or another large predator. Um, but then he got went back into the house. All of a sudden his cows started freaking out and crying. So he quickly got his son and ran towards the barn. The cows were clearly spooked and they were stopped and were stopped their hooves and shriek and stomp. I don't know. This is terribly written. Uh, he also crossed off a coyote because it would ran away by now, blah, blah, blah. He was about to leave the barn. That was till he heard the floor creak above him in the hayloft. That's when he realized whatever it was was hiding above him. So he thought it was probably kids or somebody trying to like tip a cow or rob them. Before he could say a single word, a noise that filled him with fear echoed through the barn, driving his animals into a frenzy. Before he could do anything, the mysterious figure jumped down and bolted through the night. He said this wasn't the end as he fired another shot, almost hitting the deer man. It was too late, and the creature vanished into the night. The animals were all unharmed, but he said it was definitely a deer man. And it continues on. They talk about uh, locations, Willow Canyon Trail near Donalda. There's been deer man sightings. Um, driving down a road near Donalda. Apparently, Donalda's a big place. Um, deer man sighted in Mira, Alberta. Uh, let's see. And there's a bunch of other posts. I mean, there's a ton of posts on here about a bunch of Alberta sightings of the deer man. All right, the next ones, though, are from readers on a site about deer man. Like I said, anytime I found a site about deer man that was even kind of remotely, you know, legit, there was a bunch of people saying, I came to this site to try and figure out what I saw. Like this one, which is a reader on a site. Uh, this was about 10 or more years ago in a Lakota area. I had a male human, it had a male, that's much better. It had a male human face and was clothed, but it was also fast. I couldn't get at details. I was driving at 50-ish highway speed late uh, afternoon, early evening, when this creature suddenly appeared at my driver's front fender. It ran across in front of the car and vanished at the passenger fender. Because it was in front of the car the whole time, I didn't know what the bottom half looked like. By the time I started to brake, it was gone. I couldn't see anything running across the field. It didn't impact anything. But the chilling part was when it was directly in front of me, it kind of like paused and turned its head and looked right at me with an like an I see you kind of vibe. Didn't seem very neutral then and this still doesn't. I'm Anglo, so I wasn't sh I'm not sure Lakota will feel comfortable telling me what it was besides the neutral or if I saw it, I'd pray responses. But uh, basically, I started thinking about it again when the radio program Coast to Coast was talking about shapeshifters because it seems like that's what's happening on the Lakota Reservation. And it said that's probably what I saw, and it seemed pretty astounded. It had the face of a man, but with antlers. Alrighty, another commenter from that same website 
said, I've been looking for information on what I saw. The more time goes by, the more it bothers me that people don't believe me at all. Or when they claim they do believe me, they act like it's not a big deal. What happened was this. I was on a walk with my friend Mike at the Nature Center in Midland, Michigan. I know Midland, Michigan. I've been to Midland, Michigan. He said, we're following this trail that is mostly through the woods, but there are breaks in the woods and large spaces of just grass with the odd building or structure. So I noticed that he's locked onto something. He just started staring at something in the woods and not moving. So I look. It's a deer kneeling down and looking directly at us. It's right where the woods began to get thicker and off to the left of the path we've been walking. I said, it's a deer. Mike said, no, it's not, and started walking forward on the path. Then I noticed that something wasn't quite right, that the face looked like a deer. No antlers or anything on this one, but the body was misshapen. I couldn't see very well because of the distance and it being obscured in the brush. So I tell Mike to flank it while I stayed there so I wouldn't risk letting it out of my sight. When Mike is about halfway, the thing suddenly stands up still looking at me, turns to the right a little more than 90 degrees like a big turn, keeps its eyes on me, straining its neck to look back at me as it walked away into the woods. What made this part of the experience terrifying to me was that this thing stood to turn and leave. It had no hindquarters. It was bipedal. So it was like a man stood up, looked over his shoulder at you as he walks away. I can still see it vividly in my mind. Mike lost his eye on it, and I started running uh, in pursuit, but it had so much of a lead, by the time I got to the tree line, I saw nothing. Mike and I aborted our walk and went directly back to the car to go home, raving about what we just saw. So that one, still bipedal, but no antlers. But still a deer, man. You don't need antlers to be a deer, right? Yeah, no. All right, this next one is from Ohio. An unnamed 14-year-old witness was playing at his cousin's house near sunset when he spotted a creature emerging from the brush. This is the report. It was getting dark and I was I was it was getting dark and I was the one searching. I don't know. I heard the leaves crumpling and when I turned to look, I saw what looked like a deer on its hind legs. I clearly remember seeing dog legs running, but the rest of the body was straight up and it ran with incredible speed. I knew it was neither it wasn't either one of my cousins hiding. Oh, I must have been playing hide-and-seek. I get it. As I ran as fast as I could back to the house, and one of my cousins was running in, too, he saw the same thing. It still creeps me out to this day because my uncle always told us how he saw weird things on that property when he was a kid. Uh, this next one comes from Hockessen, Delaware, in 1993. Uh, eight-year-old witness. I was right there. It was right there like almost pressed against the window in profile. They said they were staying at his grandparents' house in their home in the Woodland State of Delaware. I stared in awe, and that's when it changed. In one smooth movement, it reared up on its hind legs, and it was no longer a deer, but a man. There were only two men in the area, my grandfather and my dad, and it was clearly neither of them. Uh, grandfather was very built for his age. Dad had a gut. This silhouette was clearly younger, muscular, but not like in a brick way like my grandfather was. It exuded strength, and it scared the hell out of me. It stared to the side for a moment and then strode off with purpose. Looking back, I wanted to tell myself it was just my imagination of a half-awake child, but I remember the awe and the utter fear I felt when the deer changed. All righty, next one comes from the Wichita Mountains Natural, National Wildlife Refuge in Oklahoma. This one's from 2012. A guy named Carl Haging, Kyle Haging, Kyle Haging, 
was out with his friend photographing the night sky when a number of wild animals, including both elk and bison, rushed past, giving off the impression they were being uh, chased, basically trying to escape something. Uh, subsequently, a deathly silence descended upon the landscape. Decidedly unsettled by this turn of events, they pack up their gear, began to retreat to their vehicle, when a sudden rustling in the long grass caused them to bring their rifles to up, I guess, you know, to bear. Uh, reaching their vehicle... Kyle and his friend were about to drive off when a deer man emerged from the shadows and began to lurch towards them. By now terrified, the two men hit the accelerator and sped off as fast as they could imagine. Uh, Kyle said, we were scared shitless. Things got even quieter when we stayed there. While there, we heard one ear-piercing screech or scream, almost a hunting screech of some sort that made my hair stand on end and gave me goosebumps even worse. With that, we left the mountains completely. We felt as though we're not we weren't wanted there that night. The way the wildlife acted, the figure that we came across that the animals had to have run from, and then the scream of which I can only reference to that of a banshee, if you will. I cannot forget that figure we saw as well as the scream. It was not human, but it was not any wildlife. I'm familiar, and I'm familiar with everything out there. Alrighty, this next one comes from uh, Canada, uh, Alberta as well. Uh, it comes from 2018 in uh, Alberta's Range Road, 225, County of Lancome. The husband was driving. He was driving at relatively so slow speed on account of the heavy mantle of fog. Um, he decided that uh, he would drive slow because it was obscuring his vision. Oh, I get what he's saying. It was obscuring his vision, so he was driving slow. He tried to slam on the brakes when an unusually large deer emerged from the haze, standing in the middle of the road and gazing vacantly at the approaching vehicles. When they, uh, the couples really slowed down, they waited for the deer to cross the road. The animal sedately reared up on its hind legs, towering over the car. And um, the husband said he got so freaked out, he laid on the horn, prompting, prompting the deer to run across the road on two legs and vanish into the midst. Into the mist. Um, there's a lot of stories about livestock and wild animals doing this. I, there was a story that was on this, I don't know, on the podcast a little while ago about a guy, about a guy looking at sheep. And he said, like, the sheep just kind of, like, stood up and walked away. There was one about, uh, the, you know, the cow saying moo. Oh, that was a, that was a listener call uh, about a cow just, like, moo. You know, like, human stuff. So there's a lot of those. That's what makes me, well, I don't want to put it in your head. But that's what makes me think of the shapeshifter or Wendigo. It just seems like Deer Man has a lot of the same kind of traits as those. All right, let's go on to a story from Waynesboro, Virginia, about five years ago. Um, I used to take bike rides along Skyline Drive all the time and, has, and always kept a year-long membership Oh, to the park. I get what he's saying. Only in the day, though, just to frame the story. One night, I was having a particularly hard time settling in for bed, so I decided to, decided to start up the bike and ride up the first overlook on Skyline Drive, only about a mile inside the park. It was about 11 p.m. when I got up there. It was pitch black. I killed the bike and got immediately uncomfortable. I'm not a guy who gets spooked in the dark. I prefer the dark in most situations. Nothing up there was thick, oppressive, dark, worse than anything I experienced outside of a cave, worse than any moonless night on the Appalachian Trail, which, again, I'm very familiar with. There's nothing up there besides wildlife. I reassured myself. I had my 44 mag revolver uh, in my pocket, tucked away in my holster. So I knew I'd definitely outmatch anything that could be up there. 
Uh, so I just kind of sat there for in the dark, leaning against the bike for a while, looking at the few lights I could see in the valley below. About 10 minutes later, I felt the hair raise in the back of my neck. Now, I did 27 months in Iraq. I know this precise feeling. Someone was watching me. Something bad was coming. It was the same sensation I would get before an IDF came or the shooting started nearby. I'm not psychic. It's just a thing among vets. Uh, the overlook was a sheer drop, or nearly so, so I wasn't concerned about anything popping up in that direction, but the mountainside had thick, untamed woods behind me. I started thinking about, uh, you know, methed out people in the Appalachian Trail, bears, stuff like that. Uh, he says, I can't emphasize how dark it was. Let's get to it. Uh, so about 10 minutes later, blah, blah, blah. I decided to head home. I wasn't feeling it. The feeling wasn't going away. And I said, that's it. I'm out. So he hops on a Suzuki, started up off the road towards the gate. And that's when he saw it. The term of almost deer is really fitting, but not quite accurate. It was like a deer that someone who had never seen a deer drew. Uh, not only after someone else described it, oh, oh, but only after someone else described it to him. So it just kind of looked like a deer, but almost. It stood on the left side of the road, and I saw the eyes long before my headlights shone to it. It was big, easily the biggest deer I've ever seen, and the lack of any horns that time in the year suggested it was a doe. The head was almost bovine in shape, but fixed to a deer's frame. The legs seemed too long in the proportion to the body, like a maned wolf proportions, and the body was extremely barrel-chested. Uh, this was definitely weird to me. I've seen a lot of weird things in wildlife. This was different. Uh, unfortunately, I had to get it to move or risk passing within a few feet of it. I was not traveling another 30-plus miles on the road in another direction to get out. Oh, I said, I was even said to get out. So he had to go buy it, basically. So he flashed his beams down low and back to high. Nothing. Revved his engine. Nothing. Honked the horn. Nothing. So he put the bike on the kickstand, left it idling, and hopped off. He started yelling at the thing and still didn't budge. So he says, I started to um, I started to the side of the road to grab something to toss near the deer thing, hoping to spook it that way. As soon as I crossed into the other lane, it rose up onto its hind legs. I froze, putting my hand on my gun. I wasn't about to get charged by an angry, confused, maldeformed, malformed doe. It took two jerky, unnatural steps towards the center of the lane on two legs and froze again, staring directly at me. It shook its head wildly like a dog with a toy, took another short step, then hopped on two legs several times until it disappeared in the darkness on the right side of the road. I stepped back to the bike, mounted it, kicked up, took off, basically. Uh, is there anything more to this story? I don't think so. I think he just asked people what the hell he saw. Yeah, he's just asking people, hey, does anybody else know anything about that? Uh, the next one. I think I've seen the same thing because I really want to know what this was. I live in Arizona my whole life till about four years ago this July. This is back in 20, 2008 or so. I was out in the desert and I saw this thing that was about eight to 10 feet tall. It had animal feet like a horse standing straight on two legs only. I could barely see the legs and these tall antlers or horns were pointed towards me, not backwards. The face I could not see and the chest and the torso was all black. It was uh, nighttime. It was dark, but... These parts were darker than dark. It had to be watching me for quite some time because when we were going to leave, I got out of the truck and something told me to look to my right. And sure enough, this 10 foot tall thing was coming directly at us from ways away. By the time I got into my truck, it was almost at the tailgate. I wasn't the only one who saw it. We floored the gas, got out of there. I have many theories of what it was and talked to some of the ladies on the reservations. But I'm wondering if anybody else has seen this exact same thing. Uh, there's another one from this time from North Carolina. They said that we always have deer on our property and deer hunting was incredibly common in my town. I definitely know the people of experience with the not deer. 
or the Dior, as they sometimes call. I've heard it all. It was so human, it had arms, it walked like a person, there was something wrong about its face, but the creepiest ones are the ones where you can't tell what's wrong until you can't see it anymore. The most common comment that I've heard in my town was, it looked me in the eyes and I just knew that it wasn't a deer. I got scared and I ran, and after I got back to the path, I realized that it, all of its limbs were, and its head, were on backwards. I've seen people come tearing out of the woods, hyperventilating plenty of times, but I've only had one experience personally. I was looking for Holly with my brother, but he ran back to the path to grab a bucket because his hands were full and I was alone. There was a Dior, maybe 15 to 20 feet away. I squatted down and got quiet because I thought it was a baby deer and I wanted to watch it, but then it stood up and I knew something was wrong. I've never been so scared in my life. My brother came running back and he saw it too just for a second before it ran off on two legs. Then it hit me that the Dior I saw had way too many eyes and its legs were just a little bit too long and maybe backwards. I recently moved to Bridgewater, Massachusetts, which has its own set of wild cryptids, but the Dior don't seem to be a thing there. That one's creepy. That's kind of creepy. All right, there's another one. This one is from uh, Appalachia. They said, if anybody that spent time in the Appalachia knows the not deer. If you've gone on the Blue Ridge Parkway at night, you've probably seen them. Now, keep in mind, if you don't live in the area with a lot of deer, deer are freaky bastards on their own. They're really big, extremely agile, moving surprisingly quietly, and are extremely durable. Like, that is true. If you hit, your, you hit a deer with your car, it's probably going to get up and run away. So it's not unheard of for someone to hit a deer and total their car and the deer to run away. Yep. Once I heard a story of a man who hit a deer on accident, decided to take it home and at least get some good meat out of a bad situation. On the drive home, the deer woke up, shredded the inside. Ah, it's, all right, whatever. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyway, the not deer, though, is more or less what I call a folk cryptid. Everyone has their own story about it. They're all somewhat similar. You're in a car at night in a rural, heavy wooded area and probably a bit lost. Then you see, uh, you see something. You see a deer. So you and your friends go, oh, a deer, and slow down in case it leaps out in front of you. Then you see it more clearly. There's just something wrong about a not deer. Just something wrong about it. There's something about its eyes. You feel your stomach get heavy like a rock. The hair on your neck raise. You sense intelligence that you shouldn't. It doesn't move like a deer. And then it stands up and walks away. Yeah, that's creepy. That's very creepy. They said that they go on to say that they've talked to many of their friends and family in the area. They all have stories of the not deer. These aren't the kind of folk to lie or over-exaggerate. There's a lot of freaky stuff that happened. A, claim, a driver claimed that she saw a deer in the road. Then she noticed the deer was on two legs and walked away. Here's another one from the same area, Appalachian Mountains. Uh, from two summers ago, I lived deep in the Appalachian Mountains, unlike the foothills I'm in now. I was wandering in the woods, probably two-thirds of a mile from my house, uh, at that point, as one does when they live two miles away, down a twisting dirt road in the nearest town is 30 minutes away, when I heard brush moving. I knew it was probably a harmless animal, a possum or deer, or a particularly destructive rabbit, and then I turned around to look at it. It was a deer in the way that a graveyard is a playground. You can treat it as such, but it just doesn't feel the same. That's kind of cool. I like that, that saying. It was about 30 feet away from me, staring. Wild deer don't stare at random people to begin with. They just run away. She was breathing hard and making a low rumbling sound. I didn't know what to do, and I hardly, I hadn't really thought about the dangers of going near wild, anim wild animals, even if they were harmless deer, so I went towards her. I swear to God, this thing's eyes blanked out, and it took a couple jerking steps forward, moving very strangely. And I flinched because she ran off the, 
off to the side while staring at me. She was about 50 feet away. It was deeply unsettling. This thing was not quite a deer. There was something else to it. The something else was the joints went the wrong way. But they said, uh, but it was more than that. There might have been more or less joints. You know what to expect. The bends were not the way the bends go. The shape of the face was wrong in the way you describe it. I have a friend who only draws wolves. They're really, really good at wolves. You want them to draw a deer, they try their best, and you don't, you aren't exactly pleased with the results. That was, that's what this thing looked like to me. It was also an issue of scale. Like if you gave a deer the proportions of a moose or something muscly. Now, I've heard deer comes from dior, which just means beast or quadruped. I don't know if that's true. It was definitely a dior, but not, but 100% not a deer. All right, this next one is from uh, Southeast Oklahoma. They said they described something like a deer that stood in the middle of the road, refused to move. They got its shoe away, and then they realized all at the same time that it was not a deer. They described the collective reaction as wildly disproportionate with the remember having, having seen. It was not quite a deer. Something was wrong with it. That is weird. All right, I think they don't, that's a good enough there's a, there's a lot of stories there. I mean, there's plenty more. Like I said, I've got another, I mean, I've got one, two, three, four, five more, but they all kind of go about the same thing, whether it's either a not a deer where there's just something weird about the deer or it's a freaking two-legged thing walking, looking at you, acting like a man with the head of a deer or antlers of a deer. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, like I said at the beginning of this episode now, I'm not going to tell you, what a deer man is. It's up to you. It's time for you to decide. Is deer man a new cryptid or a misidentified cryptid? That's right. Text one for two and three for no now. Can't wait to see your results. All right, that about does it for this episode of Paranormal Almanac. I hope you guys liked this one. It was a little bit different. It was more sightings heavy than it was legend heavy. But um, I thought I'd just kind of mix it up a little bit. So I hope you guys liked it. I hope you guys like hearing stories of the deer man, which again, I I knew of a deer man. It was like a dog man. I knew of a dog man, but I didn't realize how prevalent deer man apparently are, especially in America's Appalachia and all over Alberta, Canada. So if you live in those areas, keep an eye out for a deer man. If you've seen a deer man, I want to hear your story. Was it just not deer or was it a deer man? I want to hear about it. But uh, again, once again, I hope you guys like this episode. There's plenty more coming to you guys. It's getting close to October. And as you guys know, I like to get spooky in October. So once again, I'm your host, Kurt Savig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Read and say.